we have never in the history not have a book talk. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. This is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And this week, it is all about mood reading. If you enjoy listening, we love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you have a minute, please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or sharing us on social media. All of this truly helps other book lovers find us. Hey, everyone. It is the start of a new month, so we wanted to take the time to invite you to join us on Patreon. Patreon is an online membership platform that gives you a way to financially support our podcast for only $5 a month. And for that $5, you get access to all of our bonus content. It's bonus content, but also our Patreon group is such a wonderful, supportive community of readers. And if you've ever wanted your reading to be more of a social experience, this is a great way to find that connection. I also want to say kudos to me and you, Renee. We are very involved in our our Discord group and talking and chatting with patrons. We're there every day. So if you wanted to connect with us on a deeper level, we would love to have you. And for $5 a month, you get access to two bonus episodes and one live event, which is recorded, and invites to our BTE Discord server and Facebook group. You also have access to everything we've created since we started two years ago, a year ago, a long time ago. two years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you help keep our main show ad-free. Our September live event is one of our favorites. It's Mood Reader Happy Hour. And we hope our new baby, me and Jonathan, not me and Renee, (laughs) will be able to make an appearance. So hopefully you'll get to meet her. You can also expect our regular What's in the Mailbag, which is a sneak peek of books that have made their way into our houses that might come on future shows. And another episode of Criminally Booked, our true crime and crime fiction pairing show. If you're interested, head to patreon.com slash booktalk, etc. Or look for the link in our show notes. Thank you for your support. Yes. Good job, Tina. I will chime in with two things. One, some people may think, oh, it's a busy time of year. I don't have time to listen to the extra content. I'm not, you know, I don't feel like doing Zooms, but I'd like to put this out there. If you've been listening to us, if you enjoy us, if you want to pop on for a month and consider it a tip for the work that we do, we would greatly appreciate it because as you said, we're not, we don't have ads and we don't have ads because we are trying to keep our show flowing and we would rather create content for our patrons than to service ads. Totally um, so, right. It's, so we would love, you know, even if it's just a month, we would love your support. The other thing I would like to toss out there is if you like crime fiction and you maybe you tend to like my picks, you may really like Criminally Booked. This month, I brought three exclusive books that I haven't talked about anywhere else. And I tend Mm -hmm. to bring at least two, often three to every Criminally Booked. So that's a way to get some other mystery and thrillers if that's your 
like jam um, on your genre. So uh, yeah, I just want to toss that out. I totally agree. I'm really proud of our content. I love Criminally Booked. It's so fun to research. Well, fun is a <laughs> broad term. Mm-hmm. It's so it's the, and the the story we just brought is still in progress, and the trials coming up. So I'm very curious to see what happens with that. Yes, absolutely. But other than that, Renee, how's it going? It's going good. It's it's yeah. It's been a week. <laughs> yeah. For, um, yeah. But I'm ready for September. I really, yes. truly am ready yeah. for fall reading. I am too. Well, what do I know? I mean, I assume I'm ready for fall reading. I will try not to talk about this baby the entire episode, but it is, it's happening. Like literally I'll stop and like, we're recording. I'm making faces. It's because I'm having a Braxton <laughs> Hicks. So it's like very real. It's, it's very, it's very present yes. and it, and time is, is getting very close. Very close. And we should say, so we will take a week off in September. Mm-hmm. The plan tentatively is to take off September 19th from the main show, from the regular show. Other than that, we should have our Patreon content the same. The main show episodes should be the same as well. So wish me luck. I I, I, I love to plan. I was just saying before the show, I, I need a structure. I like structure and formats and knowing what to expect, mm-hmm. and at least in terms of the podcast. But bear with us should things go totally off the rails. Who knows, right? You make plans and God laughs. So we'll we'll, we'll hope we can stick to them. But hey, but they, if they, you know, if our listeners are thinking, oh, I'm bummed. I'm bummed. I'm not going to hear you on the 19th. Head on over to Patreon. We would, mm-hmm. we would love to, to have you and you can get so much content there. You can't even, you won't yeah. even be able to keep up. <laughs> Lord knows I'm going to be over there probably when I'm like in the hospital because I just can't. I mean, I'm just a, a very online person. So anyway, I will tell you about my loving lately mm-hmm. and kind of ties in oddly to this transitional phase. So my loving lately are the five shelf bookcases from Room Essentials from Target. And I wanted to bring these because I crowdsourced a little bit on my Instagram to see if anybody had any reviews. So here's the deal. If you follow me on Instagram, you see I have these Billy bookcases. They're all beautiful to the ceiling. I love them, my pride and joy. But for me personally, for us, it's hard to procure them. They're big, they're enormous when you buy them from (laughs) Ikea. Ikea is like 45 minutes away. I had to rent a literal U-Haul truck or like a truck from wherever to get them home. So I was looking for an alternative. I needed more shelves for the basement because when we moved last year, yada, 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 I need more shelves, right? And so (laughs) I was looking for something that was simple to get, relatively inexpensive, and would just get the job done. I definitely think these work for my purposes. And I'll tell you a little bit about what some of the other folks said. By and large, people said who had them, they liked them. They're $40. The, these things behind me, 40 bucks. You cannot beat the price. Right. And everyone's biggest complaint was that they're not super sturdy. So I would say, if you're going to move around a lot, maybe don't plan to bring these with you or, you know, roll the dice and see how they hold up. God willing, I'm not moving anytime soon. So for 40 bucks, I'm totally fine with it. Shout out to my neighbor. She kindly picked them up for me from from Target because I didn't think they'd fit in my SUV with my car seat, but they did fit in her SUV. So you can easily get these. 
they feel sturdy to me. And you'll see, I'll share a picture. The bottom shelf is larger. I like that though, because I can stack books. I think it does bug some people. They're like, why would they do that? Listen, it's an aesthetic choice, but I wanted to give that review. Jonathan built them. And I asked him, how was it? How was the building experience? Overall, fine. But he was like, they made them needlessly annoying to build because a lot of the parts, the parts were unlabeled. So he's like, is this L? Like, what is this? What, oh, you no. know, what's going on? <laughs> but I will say he built two in one day, like very, it, you know, it, it wasn't like a huge, enormous project. So wanted to bring that to the show. And I'm so delighted to have bookshelves so I can get them off the floor and out of the baby's room. These are the five shelf bookcases from Room Essentials from Target. Awesome. Yeah, those went up quickly because the last time yes. we recorded, they weren't there. Mm-mm. You didn't even have they them yet. Not. No, I didn't. No, I, I I got them after. So, oh, yeah, I'm just good. delighted. I'm delighted. We just got them in here last night and I just put books on before we started recording. So I feel good. Now, the books are hodgepodge. Now, I don't know what my plan is. Rainbow upstairs, TBR downstairs. Stay tuned. We'll figure the fun, it out. <laughs> the fun is you get to decide and yes. whatever you want to do. Absolutely. All right. Okay. My Loving Lately, I am so excited about. This week, we started watching and binging Lioness on Amazon Prime. Now, it's actually called Special Ops Lioness, and it is a, a CIA-type thriller show. And It is based on a real-life program, which I actually didn't know until I was doing these notes. Um, It follows a woman named Cruz, who is a rough-around-the-edges but passionate young Marine, and she is recruited to join the Lioness Engagement Team to help bring down a terrorist organization who is operating within the U.S. It is riveting. Uh, We have been, Darren and I have been watching this every night. Uh, We have one episode left. I believe there's seven episodes out and they're almost an hour long. And oh boy, beware if you start this. It is so hard to stop watching. It stars Nicole Kidman, Zoe Saldana, and Joe Anabel. It's good. It's really good. I cannot do anything else while I'm watching it. I tried to open my laptop and thought, oh, I'll watch this and I'll do some some stuff online. No. Like, yep. it require, it, it is so good. I don't want to miss a single second. So, no, like, just focus on this. It is fast-paced. It is twisty. I love it. They also go to, I think they're in Dubai to start then they're on the East Coast. So there's a little bit of, you know, here, there, and everywhere. I like it. I cannot wait to watch the final episode. So this one is Special Ops Lioness on Amazon Prime. Wow. Good recommendation. I've literally never heard of that. Uh, that I got I'm this recommendation. Shows, yeah. I got this recommendation from my youngest son. Ah, so my, my, my boys are really good about like letting us know what, what's, popular, what's good to watch. And uh, they watch a lot of streaming. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm surprised Amazon didn't push this to me because this is exactly something I would like. Oh, for sure. Like, Mm -hmm. hello, this is Renee in a TV show. Yes. All right. Good work. (sighs) 
Guys, let me tell you about my latest read. And this is going to be an unpopular opinion. It was None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. And it's about a popular podcaster who finds her career going in directions she never expected after running into her birthday twin at her 45th birthday party. So she runs into this woman named Josie. She's out with her friends. They're at this bar. And we kind of get a couple different points of view. And Josie's like, oh my gosh, this Alex is so beautiful. She seems to have it all together. I got to get to know her. And it was she was there with her husband celebrating her birthday. So she's like, okay, that's my in. I'm going to tell her it's my birthday. And Josie is a very interesting character. Very, very interesting. In the beginning when I was reading this book, I was absolutely hooked. I couldn't wait to see how things played out because Josie is tenacious and she bumps into Alex again, finds out that she's a podcaster. She already knew this because she Googled her and figured it out. And so she has an ulterior motive. And you know this as a reader. She tells Alex she's on the cusp of great changes in her life. And long story short, the two decide to create this podcast together. And Josie's life, as we know more about her, as we come to understand who she is, we think she's a little kind of, she has a strange life on the outside. It's much more insidious as you go on. And God, I loved the production of this because it's a podcast, but I thought they'll bring in interviews and they drop little breadcrumbs. They drop little breadcrumbs. You know, stuff happens and you're like, okay, what's happening here? And you realize that Josie's got some very dark secrets. And one of my favorite tropes ever in reading, especially thrillers, is when one person, usually a woman, one person kind of infiltrates their way into another woman's life and all of a sudden they like, won't go away. And like I love that, kind of like that obsession type thing. And you get that. But as quickly as Josie arrives, she disappears. And only then does Alex discover she has left a terrifying legacy in her wake. And Alex is now the subject of her own podcast. So who is Josie? What has she done? It sounds like I loved it, and I did. This rarely, rarely happens to me. I felt icky when I finished it for a very specific reason. There's one particular plot point that, and I have to stay vague, obviously I'm not going to tell you, but I can't endorse this type of behavior. Like, and, and you know I never say that. The reason it frustrates me so much is because it was very easily something that could have been a little different. The, mm. Two tweaks, it would have been fine. I would have been five stars over the moon about this book, as I think a lot of people are. If you do think this is a five-star read, I'm not trying to be a killjoy. It's just one of my particular, if you want to call it a trigger, irks, whatever. I was like, no, what do you mean X, Y, Z? If you've read this and you want to chat, of course, I'll tell you. But shout out to Jax and some of our other patrons from our Discord group because we were, you know, having a little bit of debriefing because we happened to be reading it at the same time. They helped me process my thoughts. I still love Lisa Jewell. If you're curious, I mean, I had fun reading it. I just don't feel great about myself for having enjoyed it. I would land at about three stars, which means I don't say I don't necessarily recommend it to everybody. I don't really recommend it, but I will continue to read her. She's still one of my favorite authors. I just wish there was a little tweaking. This was None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Oh, wow. Gosh, yeah, I am very curious, but did you happen to 
find any interviews with her where she was asked about anything about that or? No, I don't do that. (laughs) I could have, but no, I didn't. Okay. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. My latest read is a bit of a dual latest read, but I, I, I'll make it very quick. I have I can't bring one really without the other. Okay, so first I I first read Our Town by Thornton Wilder, which was my current read on our last show. I did read that. I finished it. I really enjoyed it. That was that's a play in three parts. It's about life in a small village called Grover's Corners, and it's a allegorical representation of life and death. Liked it. Liked it a lot. It was an easy read, very quick, but I read it because I wanted to read Tom Lake. And then I did read Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. Okay, Tom Lake. In the spring of 2020, Laura, who is the main character, has three daughters. And you know the spring of 2020, you know what was happening. Uh, COVID was hitting, places were locking down. Uh, Her three daughters return to the family's orchard in northern Michigan. And this is, their home is also a an orchard where they grow cherries. So while they're helping their mom pick cherries, they beg her to tell them the story of Peter Duke, um, who was a famous actor with whom she shared both a stage and a romance years before at a theater company called Tom Lake. So as Laura recalls the past, her daughters examine their own lives and relationship with their mother and are forced to reconsider the world and everything they thought they knew. Now, that's what I knew about Tom Lake. And I really, that's all I knew. I've avoided reviews. And I will say, this is probably a great example of a book that it would have benefited me to read reviews. So sometimes, for the most part, 90% of the time, it works for me not to read reviews. I feel like I should have with this one, but I pre-ordered this from Parnassus. I, I like Ann Patchett. I love Bel Canto, and I pre-ordered it because I wanted her signature, and um, she signed the books, and literary fiction has been working for me all summer. So I was really excited to read this. Had I known it was basically, as the blurb says, a meditation on youthful love, married love, and kind of the lives parents had before their children, I I feel like my expectations would have been shifted. Had I read reviews where people specifically said this is very, very quiet and slow, I, I would have shifted my expectations. Like I said, I've been in a literary fiction mood. I started off with this book in print, which was fine. I liked it. I really did like, I liked it. And here's what I will say. It starts off right in the beginning, like you're dropped right when Laura is in high school and she is working behind the scenes of the high school's production of Tom Lake. That is where you're dropped before you even meet the daughters. So you're immediately thrown in with a discussion about our town. Wait, did I I said the high school's production of Tom Lake. It's the high school's production of <laughs> our town. There's a lot of discussion of the play, especially the characters in the play. And so I was 100% glad I had just read Our Town 
So where I land on that is I think it's beneficial to have read Our Town before you pick up Tom Lake. I really think it orients you to the story. So I ended up switching at some point to the audio because Meryl Streep narrates. She is one of my very favorite actors and she was amazing narrating Laura. However, I am very surprised to think this and and even say it, she didn't do a great job with male or kid voices. Oh, uh, that's, that's tricky. Yeah, that's really, it was tough for me. So I'm going to keep this review short. What I liked about this book, I liked the nuggets of insight and wisdom that Ann Patchett sprinkles throughout because no matter what, her writing is so good. But I wanted more of those, more of those like deep insights about motherhood and life and living. I wanted a lot more of that and less of what was, in my opinion, boring backstory. Now, that is my opinion. I had a really hard time with most of the middle of the story when she was back in the past. Um, She is telling the story to her daughters. Sometimes that works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. In this case, I really liked Laura, but I felt disconnected from her, and I don't know why. I haven't been able to put my finger on that exactly. I found myself confused many times when it shifted back to the present day and her daughter started talking. I, this was so weird because I kept thinking, okay, wait, what age are we at? Because I thought they all were teenagers when we would shift back, but they, but they weren't. They were in their 20s. And so it didn't mesh for me because they seemed so immature. And I can't describe it. If you read it, I feel like you might know what I'm talking about. Overall, this book was not for me. And I had a big aha moment. So this is why I think I am still really glad I read this. And I think it's still important to sometimes not DNF. Um, I'm saying this to myself, but maybe if it applies to you too, um, Here's what I learned. I learned that I prefer my literary fiction to have conflict and preferably a lot of conflict. And I assumed that this story would have some conflict, but it really is more of a meditation and a slow, quiet, reminiscing type of story. And um, so that is not what I thought it was going to be. So that is where I land. I know tons of people have loved this, and I absolutely know why. But for me, it was a miss. It's Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. Good review. I don't think I'll read it, but, you know, I think you did a really good job. I think it's harder sometimes to share books we didn't love than it it is to share ones we really did, especially if we know they were popular. Oh, I know. And, And this one I know is it is very popular, but I am really glad I figured that out. I'm glad I figured, like, I analyzed and figured out enough to know that when I'm looking for literary fiction, I I absolutely need some conflict Mm -hmm. in the synopsis. Like, the synopsis didn't even have any conflict. I should have, you know, I should have been clued into that, but I really wasn't. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it happens. Alrighty. Well, we are recording this on September 1st, and although the first day of fall is not technically until September 23rd, mm-hmm. we wanted to give our summer a proper send-off and talk about some things that we're leaving behind 
and share some things that worked for us this summer. I'll start. My summer was good. I am, I, I will say I'm walking away with a little bit of guilt because I feel like the physicality of being very pregnant for three months in the summer when it's super hot and you have a three-year-old, I wasn't able to spend as much time outside and doing things with Lily as I might have liked. So I have some guilt around that. Then I'm trying to remember she's three. And she's mm-hmm. not going to remember. She's right. not going to look back and be like, wow, mom, we had a lot of iPad time that mo- that year. <laughs> <laughs> so she probably yeah. has no idea that things that we you know potentially missed out on. And of course, we still went to some parties. We still went to the zoo. She saw you in the city. Yes. We did things, but I'm still like, gosh, you know, I feel sad that I wasn't able to do more, but also trying to give myself grace because, hey, I could do only as much as I could do. Absolutely. I don't know. I'll I'll chime in quick. I don't know. Just because I think, not that this will make you feel better, but, and (laughs) and, I mean, one of my highlights of the summer was coming to Chicago to see you guys and exploring and all that. So I have to tell you, I mean, I, I took videos of Navy Pier and did all that and sent it to my boys because the last time we were in Chicago, my youngest was in fifth grade, I think. Yeah. And then um, my oldest was in eighth grade. So many years ago. I mean, he there. so my youngest is 23 now. So if that tells you anything, he said he had no memory. Couldn't remember. <laughs> couldn't remember. I couldn't remember Navy yeah. Pier. Didn't remember. I was like, what? What are you talking? Like, fifth grade. So, the, I mean, I make saying that to make you feel better. She won't remember. And, no. She yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that does make me feel better. It makes me feel great that your that your trip to see us and to see the city was like such a highlight. Because likewise, we did a lot in two days. We had a good time. Yes, I'm going to make a recommendation for you. Something you should leave in the summer and change coming into the fall, mm-hmm. and that is your phone. Absolutely, need you to get an I upgrade. knew you were going to say that. Yes. <laughs> you did, <laughs> Renee. What phone? What size? What iPhone do you have? I have an iPhone 12. Yeah. And it is junk and my camera yeah. is horrible. And I really should have I really should have had a better camera for Chicago. But I know. But that's I'm okay. waiting for the it, iPhone 15 to come out September 15th, I think. But yes. yeah, my camera yeah. stinks. I know. I was like, wow. Yeah, those photos are different. <laughs> but hey, that's okay. You're gonna be so, so happy once you get your upgrade. But <laughs> that was my my personal recommendation. Yes. Something I'm leaving behind. Jonathan's going to edit this and shake his head and laugh at me. I'm leaving behind dis- disorganization. Now, I am an organized person um, mentally. If it comes to my work, my job, got you. I'm there. I'm top, you know, obsessed, high performer. Don't worry about me there. I'll do my stuff. I'm talking physical spaces. I... I think it's an ADD thing. I don't know what the the reason behind it is, but there's definitely something to where I could look at the same thing, like pile of mess and just not do anything about it for my entire life. <laughs> I could leave. I'm looking at a mess right now and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'm going to try and leave that behind because my mom came over and said something very poignant. She looks in my room, in Lily's room. She goes, wow, this is how messy your room was growing up. And I was like, dang it, you're right. And I want better for them, for her. So my word for the year was intentional. Mm -hmm. And I've been (laughs) very much not intentional this year. So I feel like though we're only in September, baby. I can get this back. Yep. 
I hope to use my maternity leave to, of course, get to know our new baby, of course, self-care, read, but really settle into our house. And I think that will bring me a lot of joy. So I wanted to put that into the ether and just, you know, I can do it. I can do it. I'm looking forward to being physically able to move around comfortably again. Very much so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't wait. And, And I remember last time there was a specific day where I was like, Jonathan, I feel regular. This is amazing. This is incredible. So I'm hopeful that that, you know, I'll get there again. Yes. Oh gosh. Do you know um, that your your specific situation reminds me of like when we have big like organization projects and it can be so, it can be overwhelming to look at that. And I always think of the book Bird by Bird by Anne, Anne Lamont. And yeah. I don't like I don't remember that like the entire aspect of that book, but I always think about how she talked about tackling big things and projects or anything that we can tend to procrastinate as one just one bird at a time. That's just yeah. and I always say that to myself, like uh, I don't bird. I don't want to do it. Like we like we just had to sort through things in the garage. Who wants to sort through the garage? But I was just right. like just bird by bird, one bird thing at a bird. time. Make a small pile. A that's. Yeah. I feel like that's manageable if if like you can keep that in your head. Just bird I by love bird. That. That's a good recommendation. Okay, what else? Do you have others, or do you? That's it. Those are my two things that I'm kind of. Do you have any other favorite guilt? things for the summer? I do, but do you have anything that you're leaving behind that you want to share first? Oh, that I'm leaving behind to share first. Okay, so I have a a few things I'm leaving behind for the summer. One is a really stretch goal, (laughs) a real stretch goal, but the others I've, they're they're pretty solid. So I'm leaving behind Thrive Mascara, which I tried this summer and I didn't like it all. (laughs) I really thought I would try because it's a little less expensive than Better Than Sex Mascara. And I thought, and I like Thrive. I like their eye brightener. I thought, you know what? Let me try this mascara. Didn't like it at all. I feel like I'm just spoiled for better than sex mascara. So Thrive Mascara, tried it, didn't like it. Um, I am leaving behind summer new release thrillers. I'm leaving them behind. What is wrong with us? Somebody leaving them behind. You're leaving them behind. Yeah. So you're not going to read them? I'm not going to read them. The ones that I intended to read, quite a few of them I DNF, to be honest. That were on yeah. my summer bonanza, or um, you know, some of the books on the radar, and I'm just gonna not even dwell on that, and I'm I'm gonna move forward with fall thriller. If I'm gonna be in a thriller mood, I'm gonna move forward with fall thrillers. I'm gonna stop trying to fit in summer thrillers, and maybe next summer some other ones. But I'm specifically talking about thrillers, like not all new releases. Mm-hmm. Something else I'm gonna leave behind is my favorite summer nail polish color, which is Koala Berry by OPI. I only wear that color all summer. I'm a very simple nail polish person. I wear the same color in the summer. I'm leaving that behind and I'm easing back into, for the fall, dark plums. And I'll eventually land back on my winter color of Lincoln Park in the dark. (laughs) Lincoln Park after dark. Lincoln Park after dark. Okay, so... Those are it. And then my stretch goal, I would like to say I'm leaving behind staying up super late. 
I mean, I mm-hmm. stay up till like 12 or 12.30. I would like to leave that behind and become a, an early riser. We'll see if I can slowly adjust my bedtime to bird earlier. Bird by bird. Just bird by bird. Half yes, hour. Tina, half hour right. earlier, yeah, right? half hour. Yes. See how it goes. Yeah. You're exactly right. Oh, good. I like those goals for you. And actually, I have a recommendation for a mascara that I want you to try out. And it's a very low price point. So try it out. You might like it as much as better than sex. Maybe not. But even if you don't, it won't be that big of a deal. We also, of course, we didn't want to make it all, you know, things we're leaving behind, things that were not working for us. We wanted to give summer a proper send off. So some of the things that are working for me, Essence Makeup. That is a makeup brand. They sell it at Ulta. Have you ever tried them? No. They are awesome. I love Essence. And I was like going through my products. I got my hair done yesterday at Ulta. And I was like, wow, this is my favorite makeup brand. And they are so inexpensive. Here's my specific recommendations. I like their Brighten Up Banana Powder. I like their Cover and Last Powder Foundation. I use that to set my under eyes. I like their Pure Nude Highlighter. Such a subtle and beautiful highlighter. I really, really like their eyeliners. It is the 16-hour extreme lasting eye pencil. This thing is $4. Look at my eyes. You can see it from Zoom. You can see the white from Zoom. This lasts me all day. This thing is four bucks. Like I love their eyeliner. I have like three different colors. And then finally, I prefer their I Love Extreme Volume Mascara. I think it's a dupe for better than sex. Okay. And it doesn't smear. For some reason, Better Than Sex has started to smear on me, and it's been annoying. But anyway, I highly recommend this makeup brand. Also, it's fun if you want to just get yourself a little treat. Like, get yourself a little, like, they have, like, a little uh, six eyeshadow thing. It's $4. Like, it's great to treat yourself. Oh, great price point. I mean, you cannot beat it, and I'm telling you the quality is there. Okay, good. A couple other quickies that have been really working for me. I've been loving my notes (laughs) my notes app on the iPhone and just having my immediate TBR checking things off. It's been working so, so well for me. Wanted to shout that out as well as wanted to shout out combo reading. Audiobook plus physical book where I'm highlighting. Mwah. Chef's kiss cannot say enough about how much that's enhanced my reading life. So those are really coming with me into the fall. Awesome. Okay, good. All right. Some of my summer favorites that, I mean, some I can take with me. Some are just summer favorites. My favorite movie of the summer, Mission Impossible. Fun times. So much fun. Pure entertainment. My new favorite summer refreshing sparkling water that I tried and loved is Spindrift Grapefruit. I tried a couple different Spindrifts and I landed on grapefruit. It's really good. It's really light and it's really refreshing. So I love that. Something else that's been really working, like I've just really enjoyed the summer, productivity and time management books. Oh, I know. You've been on a a tear. I really have been in a mood. I don't know why, but I like it. And I really want to shout out specifically the book called Eat That Frog, 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time by Brian Tracy. I binged that book in a day. I'm buying a print copy. I loved it. We had a, a nonfiction discussion going in Discord because we have a nonfiction channel. And I want to shout out, this recommendation was brought by Amy, who's 
at Ames the Reader on Instagram. She mentioned it. Um, I immediately got the book and I loved it. I may bring it back to the show later so I can tell you specifically more about it and what worked for me and what I'm applying to my life. But for now, I'm going to just give you the title. Something else I really love this summer and I'm absolutely taking into the fall is the Mel Robbins podcast. I just started listening to her podcast this summer. I love her energy. I haven't listened to every episode, but I do want to specifically shout out the episode that she did earlier this summer or at the end of May, and it's called The Let Them Theory. And oh, just, yeah, let just go, go check it out. <laughs> let them. It's life-changing. It's really great. Yeah. If, if I could only like consistently apply it to my life, <laughs> it would be great. And then this week, so I can't remember the date. Maybe it was August 30th, but she just did an episode with her 85-year-old mother-in-law. Fantastic. I will be listening to that again. It was great. Like Her mother-in-law is living such an amazing life and like that's how I want I, I want to live like that when I'm 85. The last thing that I've really enjoyed this summer and I'm taking with me in a bit of a project form is summer sunsets. Now, if I had a better camera, this would be a whole lot better. So I'm going to I'm going to have better pictures next summer. But because we're at a lake so often, I've been really being conscious and taking pictures of sunsets every every time they're there. And I'm going to put a little scrapbook for myself together on Shutterfly as just like a fun project um, of all the different sunsets. So I don't know. That's just a random fun thing I'm doing. But those are my fun things for the summer. Well, good. Yeah, it sounds like you had more fun than I did. I'll have to, I have to say. No, I mean... <laughs> You you were you were limited in what you could do, but you'll be back next summer. You'll be back. I'll be back, baby. Yes. I will say my Stardew Valley farm looks amazing. So that's <laughs> how I spend a lot of my time. All right, let's get into the books, yes. baby, because I've got some books to tell you. These are just mood readers. So these are just books that we picked up based on our mood, things that grabbed us. And oftentimes, if I'm finding that I'm kind of floundering or I'm like, I don't know what I'm in the mood for, I'm not quite sure, I'll go to memoir. So my first recommendation is Page Boy by Elliot Page. And this is a coming-of-age memoir from the Academy Award-nominated actor Elliot Page. And he is now one of the most famous trans activists of our time. I quite like this book. I thought it was really well done. And he did a great job sharing, first of all, bits of himself. And he very graciously in the story or in, in his story refers to himself in the beginning as Ellen during Juno and that sort of thing to, I think, share a bit with the reader and kind of take us through that transition. But I love that he was able to say, you know, share his dead name with us. I, I thought that was very gracious. There are some juicy bits and they will piss you off because, gosh, it's just such a reminder how trans folks are constantly having to justify themselves. They're constantly under attack. And then I was, I don't want to say fascinated, but just so enthralled with the fact that now you're transitioning and doing this on a world scale. He talks about how when he was first getting into acting, he was pressured to play these characters with long hair and to have the dresses and, you know, this and that. And 
people were not supportive. They were like, sorry, if you want to be an actor, this is what you need to do. Even though, the I think it was the Umbrella Academy, he was like, my character wearing a dress has literally nothing to do with the show. Like, in the character development, I can wear pants easily and do this. I don't know that it was the, the perfect memoir. What memoir is, I never really grade or kind of critique memoir based on my personal enjoyment because it's not about me. But the thing that I always struggle with in memoir is when they are nonlinear. So there's kind of some threads in this where it's, we're here, we're there at the beginning, we're younger, we're older, you know, Mm -hmm. just things that I thought were a little bit disjointed. And it made it a little bit hard to follow. Nothing that would make me not recommend this. I absolutely have not read a memoir by a trans person like this. I very much appreciate his willingness to be so raw and just share so much because, gosh, I mean, it was very honest. And there were some really awesome sentences that made me want to grab it, just underline and say, heck yeah, like it's, I'm so glad you're speaking out against this. It's so disgusting how hateful people can be. I really enjoyed this book. He's very open with his privilege, right? He addresses his privilege as a white person, as somebody with immense social capital. They can afford surgeries and things like that. So I very much appreciate that he addressed that. It would feel like a very different story if he did not, because there are so many people who are trans who cannot afford that and who don't have those privileges. So I thought this was really, really good. And I'm super glad that I picked it up. This was Page Boy by Elliot Page. Okay. All right. Good. My first book is Backlist. I knew what I was in the mood for, and this fit the bill. And also, I had been meaning to read more Stuart Onan. So this one is Songs for the Missing by Stuart Onan. This is about one family in the aftermath of a daughter's disappearance. When we begin the book, it was the summer of Kim and her Chevette and her boyfriend, JP, of letting her hair grow. It was the summer before she was going to go to college. It was the summer when, without warning, she disappeared from a small Midwestern town. Turns out the town and the setting in this book is a a small town near Cleveland in Ohio. So it was a very, names were mentioned uh, that I recognized. Um, So the story will follow her loving parents, her introverted sister, Lindsay, her friends, and her boyfriend. And how do they go on? And what secrets are they potentially keeping? So search parties are formed They give way to television appearances, private investigations, and the whole town's intimate struggle to maintain hope and what happens if they, you know, if they never get answers. So this initial setup of this, and it says so in the blurb, which I agree with, there is much suspense and the pacing of a thriller when it starts. That will shift to more of a family drama. And that is absolutely true. That is exactly what happened. That did not bother me, but best to to know that. I am glad I knew that ahead of time. It is not going to be a thriller the whole way through. So as I said, it's set in a small town. And the fun, like 
The fun thing about this too, I I did a combination of audio and ebook. The audio was really good, and I happened to be listening to it when I went to the grocery store. And I went to the grocery store at and I went to Giant Eagle. And while I was in Giant Eagle shopping in the book, they talked about going to Giant Eagle. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what, what is that? Is there a name for that? Like when your book and your reality collide in that way? I love it though. It was so, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in the story. Um, but this is a this is a serious type of story. This is the unraveling of a family. This is about Kim and what happened to her and how were each like each group of people affected because there's the community there is her friends there is her family there is her sister specifically you do know that the friends are keeping some secrets and that really I found kept me reading I wanted to know what was going on I wanted to ultimately find out what happened to Kim I love how this author blends literary writing with a compelling mystery, but it's not overly wordy. This is a slow burn mystery, very much a family drama, but I liked I liked the family, I liked the small town, I liked I liked the way he had the characters circling each other. So I was really on board for this type of story. I was especially invested in Lindsay, Kim's sister. And I wanted to know more about what happened. So in the end, while this was not a five-star read like Sycamore by Bryn Chancellor, which is a very similar type of storyline, and that was a five-star, I still really liked this one. I do not need all of my threads neatly tied up with a bow. And this story does not call for that. Like With stories like this, Families don't often get everything tied up with a bow, but I will say I was very satisfied with the ending. So there are answers, just things are not tied up with a bow. I think it's important to know that and go in with the right expectations. It's Songs for the Missing by Stuart Onan. Good. I'm glad you tried that author again. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read more too. Well, you do that, you know? I am. Live a little. (laughs) Let them. Let them, yes. All right. Book two for me is The Great Transition by Nick Fuller Guggins. And this is climate fiction slash dystopian for fans of Station Eleven. And I think that is a very, very apt comp. And it's about Emmy Vargas, whose parents helped save the world. And she is tired of being told how lucky she has to have been born after the climate crisis. So it's the near future. I love that they refer to oldies like Adele and Beyonce. Like it was funny to like get that point of view. But this book is not funny. I mean, it is very it'll freak you out because it is so realistic. Emmy's mother Christina disappears and becomes a possible suspect when a bunch of climate criminals get assassinated. She is this kind of high player in this organization and we can't find Christina. Emmy and her father, Larch, are very dead set on finding their wife slash mom. So they travel from Greenland to New York City. And now they're investigating where she is in New York City. It's a ruins, basically. So New York is there. There's still some landmarks, but it's a shell of what it used to be. And then you get the perspective of 
how we came to this point. And we find out that 30 years earlier, Larch first came to New York with a team of volunteers. I think he was a firefighter trying to save the city from rising waters and torrential storms. Christina was on the front lines. Christina was fighting wildfires. And eventually that's how they meet. We find out that that's how they meet. And they became a part of this movement called the Great Transition. And this alternates between Emmy's point of view, her present day point of view search for her mother, who is this hero. And like, she's finding out all these things about her. Does she really know who her mom was? And her parents kind of experience during this great transition and how our actions today determine tomorrow's fate. The overarching theme throughout this entire story was, why didn't you do anything? If you knew this was going to happen, they were telling you, why didn't you make changes, right? Mm -hmm. Not the individual changes you can make on the micro level, the macro level. Why were corporations not doing the things that they were told to do by scientists, right? So again, this is very, very, I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable because it's so realistic. I'm like, oh gosh, yeah, I could see something like this happening. It's a very complex story, but I will say I literally listened to this over the course of a day and a half. I was very immersed in it. It was not hard to follow. There was just a lot going on and I quite liked that. If you like climate fiction, if you like dystopian This is really well done. It's also a debut, which I'm very excited about because I thought he did such a good job. It doesn't feel like a debut. I just thought it was worth mentioning that this is a debut. It's very plausible, very well developed, and the characters are memorable. I really enjoyed the dichotomy between mom and dad because they had very different points of view as to how to live their lives. Mom viewed that the fight was not over and she had to do everything she had to do to keep from going back and sliding backward. Dad was very much, we did our time. Let's live our lives with our kid and enjoy. And it was also this rumination on marriage, which I quite enjoyed because you're getting all of this. There is action. There's, you know, like you were saying earlier, what do you like in your stories? Tension? Conflict. Conflict. Definitely conflict. But also quieter moments where you're like, gosh, what would I do? Mm -hmm. You know? So I quite like this story. I am excited for this author. Hopefully he gets some more buzz and pick it up if this sounds at all interesting. It was The Great Transition by Nick Fuller Guggins. Yeah, that sounds good. That's mm-hmm. on my radar. It was good. Yeah. No, I, I wanted to try some climate thrillers and that one definitely sounds good. It's a shade more thrilling for me than Station Eleven was. Okay. Station Eleven was quieter, but it has that kind of literary feel to it. So he did a very good job of walking that fine line between a little bit more literary and more thrilling, Okay, if you will. Yeah, that's my my sweet spot lately too. So, all right. My next book has actually been sitting in my kitchen for so long and I needed a pick-me-up this week. I needed a pick-me-up. This was perfect. What better book than the one that's been sitting in my kitchen forever? So I finally finished The Book of Delights by Ross Gay. And this was perfect because it's a book of delights. And I was like, that's my mood. I need something to like just pick me up a little bit this week. And I'm anticipating his second book, which I brought to Books on the Radar, The Book of More Delights. So in this book, Um, which is billed as a genre-defying book of essays because 
some are as some of his delight, some of the chapters are as short as a paragraph, and some are as long as five pages. And what he does in this book is record the small joys that occurred in one year from one birthday to the next birthday. And he's coming from the perspective of the fact that he feels we often overlook delights in our busy lives because we're busy, we're doing things. And so this is a meditation on delight. And he takes a clear-eyed view of the complexities, even the terrors in his life, including living in America as a black man, the ecological and psychic violence of our consumer culture, the loss of those he loves, and more than any other subject, which is what I really love about Roske, he celebrates the beauty of the natural world. His garden, the flowers in the sidewalk, the birds, the bees, the trees. He really does. It's If you haven't read him, please give him a try. Also, this book is, an, is not a book of how-to or really a book of inspiration. It is his particular perspective and his take on our connection to the world, to each other, and the rewards that come from a life closely observed. And that is the key because Roske is a poet and his ability to closely observe things and then put that into words is amazing. It it really blows me away the way he can write and make you think about things like, I mean— Flowers in the sidewalk. Who pays? Like, it's it's really crazy. He has unique thoughts and insights and meditations on anything and everything. And this was exactly what I needed to read this week. And sometimes I do think books can not only entertain us, not only take us, you know, out of our lives and maybe be an escape but also can really elevate our moods. And this was that book for me. Like I said, I've had it sitting in in my kitchen on my little side table. And every month or so, I'll read like one or two. But I finally decided to finish the book this week. And that is what I did. I have many favorites, but I'll I'll toss out a few of my my very favorites were his delights on writing by hand. Now, he has he does have each chapter labeled with a title. So, writing by hand really spoke to me. There is a chapter on hummingbird. That's all I need I need to say no more. Um the sanctity of trains. Like those were some of those were three of my very favorites. So, this is a book to be savored. The structure is perfect for reading a delight or two every morning over coffee or every night before going to bed. And now I am ready for the book of more delights coming in September. This one was the book of delights by Roske. I did also listen to parts of this because he narrates, and I think that's the that's also a fantastic way to take this book in. I love it. I love the idea of recording joys from one birthday to the next. And I thought, what if I started doing that on the day the baby was born, and like just recorded one thing every day. That would and be, like yeah. all that would be so special because I feel like there's so many little moments that you just forget. And mm-hmm. of course, I have pictures and I still look at Lily's pictures all the time. But what if I just took a minute to jot down a little bit of joy? Yes. Ah, <gasps> oh, I love it. And I love like 
he calls it daily delights. And I just love daily how that delights. flows. Daily delights. I, I think love alliteration. There's, I do too. There's room for that. It doesn't have to be anything big. But I, I think, yes, I do think jotting it down is key to like collecting them. And he talks about that. Like once you start paying attention because you are quote unquote tracking your daily delights, they start accumulating and you start noticing more things that can delight you and simple it doesn't have to be, you know, it could be complex, but it doesn't have to be. All right. I'm going to do that. Mark my words. All Maybe right. I, I hope I will. <laughs> put it, <laughs> Remind Tina, me. You can, just, you can just put it in your notes. Start a Daily Delights <gasps> in your notes app. You said it, Renee, because if it gets too fussy, I'm not going to do it. Yes. But I do like you don't have to use, You don't have to use pen and paper, although you can, but you can just put it in your notes app. I love it. Thank you for that. Yes. All righty. Well, my shelf edition today is No One Can Know by Kate Alice Marshall. Very excited for this because I loved her book, What Lies in the Woods. This one's about three sisters, two murders, and too many secrets to count, which, great. Um, Emma (laughs) is married, and she has not told her husband much about her past. He knows that her parents are dead, and she hasn't spoken to her two sisters in years, But then things take a turn in their life. They lose their apartment. Her husband gets laid off and Emma discovers she is pregnant right as the bank account slips into the red. And then Emma confesses that she has one more asset, her parents' house, which she owns jointly with her estranged sisters. They can't sell it, but they can live in it. But returning home means that Emma is forced to reveal her secrets to her husband. Here's the thing. The house is not a rundown farmhouse, but a stately mansion, and her parents were murdered there. And some people say that Emma did it. And Emma and her sisters have never really spoken about what happened that night, and now her return to the house may lure her sisters back, but it will also crack open family and small-town secrets a lot of people don't want revealed. So we go from there. This one comes out in January. This one comes out on January 23rd of next year. I was lucky enough to receive an ARC, so I might dive in on my maternity leave because this sounds great. What I like about Kate uh, Alice Marshall's writing is that the characters are developed. There's no silly twists, but there are twists typically, and like things are not as they seem. And she's sometimes at least in the last book, went to a place where I was like, no, you can't do that. But she did it, and I was happy about it in a way. So very excited. This one is No One Can Know by Kate Alice Marshall. Okay. All right. I am um, bringing a fall mystery. It is West Heart Kill by Dan McDorman. It comes out October 24th. And this really got my attention because the publisher says, are we looking for any and anything but ordinary whodunit? And I was, yes, I am looking for that. Okay, so welcome to West Heart Country Club, where the drinks are neat, but behind closed doors, things can get messy, where upright citizens are deemed downright boring. So West Heart Kill is an isolated hunt club, and there is a raging storm. And there are three corpses discovered within four days. And there is a cast of moneyed, scheming, unfaithful characters. Plus, we have a private detective. And his name is Adam. And he joins an old college friend there for a bicentennial weekend. 
So they're all there. And then one body turns up at the lake. And then hours later, the storm will hit. You know what's coming. The power is going to go out. And then two more people will be dead. So sounds a bit like a locked room mystery, which I'm fine with. But I'm very curious about this. I feel like it's getting some early buzz. It's West Heart Kill by Dan McDormand. Nice. Okay, that one sounds good. That's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. And don't forget, if you would like access to exclusive bonus content and community, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash booktalk, etc. If you'd like to connect with us, email us at booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also find us at booktalketc on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc., and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember, everything's better with books. I love how we went. I went like, like, well, clutter and leaving behind guilt. And you're like, I'm leaving behind Thrive Mascara. You know what? It's not working for me. <laughs> it made me laugh so much.